Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. It is the 12th day of November, and I am so thankful you're with me today. It's a Saturday. That means I'm going to tell you what's coming up tomorrow on the full sermon release. Two pods are released on Sundays and Wednesdays. One, of course, is this, the DDP, and the other is a full-length sermon from our travels or from our local studies, our local services, rather. Tomorrow comes from the monthly meeting from the month of October with our friends in Flowery Branch, Georgia. We meet once a month with groups in Chapin and Flowery Branch. And this is the meeting from October that was held on a Sunday afternoon. And it is titled, To Seek and to Save the Lost. This sermon is about 43 minutes long, somewhere in there, 40 minutes long. Um, It is one basic group of texts from Luke chapter 19, where Jesus encounter, goes through Jericho and encounters Zacchaeus. We do some lead-in. We don't read anything in this sermon except the Zacchaeus story, but we do some lead-in with the pretext that leads into the Zacchaeus story, because I think Luke's actually laying the narrative out that way on purpose. And then we get into some possible explanations for the Zacchaeus story, And then I land on what I think the Zacchaeus story is trying to say. I I like this message. I think this is a word that will get you you thinking and thinking about what it means to seek and to save the lost. That's the title. Go look for it tomorrow. Wherever you get your podcast, you can get the audio version or if you like video, you can go to YouTube and type in PWM. And uh, we ask you to subscribe, and you'll you'll receive all of our videos um, at it, right there at YouTube. Also, paulwhiteministries.com, another place where you can check this out. Uh, we've been working on the site. We've been working on the store. I uh, think everything's up and running. You can get a copy of our brand new book, Greater Than Jonah. Pre-sales going on through the end of the month. We should be ready to start shipping by the first day of December. Anyone that orders in the month of November, we will sign, personally autograph your book. And uh, the uh, $20 per book, $3 shipping and handling, this is in the U.S. only. Um, we also have a digital version available. And you can go to Kindle and get the Kindle version. We'll be working on Audible over the next few months. So jump in there before Christmas. Get your orders. Um, might make a good gift for someone that likes to read. For someone that likes to read about Jesus, it would make a great gift, I think. And so, uh, check it out. Okay, uh, I want to. This is an interesting segue today. We're talking about from the Apostles' Creed the line, the forgiveness of sins. We believe in the forgiveness of sins. We don't only believe it, we receive it. But we don't only receive it, we give it. I want to talk about giving it today, but I want to talk about it from the lens of when the Creed established this line, forgiveness of sins, somewhere in the late third, early fourth century. And it, it was a due to a major point of contention we talked about yesterday. I'm not going to go back over that, but the schismatic contention was that, that again, I'm not going to go back over it, but it's just this in a nutshell. How long you got to leave people out when when they sin from the church fellowship or what sins are so big you can't bring them back in? Um, And it doesn't seem like that should be a contention, but I think it is still a contention. And the reason why this segues perfectly with the sermon that's going to go up tomorrow to seek and save the lost is because the narrative flow leading into the Zacchaeus story, one of the first things that we bring up in that sermon is that Jesus deals with forgiveness of sins in Luke 17. I want to read for you Luke 17, verses 3 to 6. And 
and show you how in Jesus' day, the disciples struggled with the concept of forgiveness. So don't be surprised if we still struggle with the concept of forgiveness. Jesus said, be on your guard. If another, This is Luke chapter 17, verses 3 through 6. Be on your guard. If another disciple sins, you must rebuke the offender. And if there's repentance, you must forgive. And if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive. Notice the phrase must forgive. So Jesus knows that it isn't easy or he wouldn't have to say must. So forgiveness is not always a simple thing to do. Now listen to the apostle response in verse five. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. See, I don't think this is a separate issue. I don't think we're just getting various statements of Jesus disconnected, disjointed. I think they needed an increase of faith because they knew that it was going to take an increase of faith to be those kind of people that forgave. And Jesus then says, if you had faith the size of a mustard tree seed, you would say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. And some translations call that a sycamine tree, which is very close to the sycamore tree. In fact, they might even be, these are the only two places they're used, is in Luke 17, Luke 19. They might even be the same tree. In any case, Jesus seems to equate their lack of forgiveness with a tree with a deep root system. And that tree needs removed because the issue is that they are not able to forgive. So let me, let's get to why. I think we still struggle with forgiveness in the same way that the church of the third and fourth century did that prompted the creed to add forgiveness of sins. Because first of all, we know that on an individual basis, we are forgiven from our sins and that we are reconciled. We know that God's not holding our transgressions against us. We know that forgiveness of sins is ours by faith in Christ. But secondly, we don't really know what to do with scandalous sin in the church. We know how to handle it when people tell a little lie or they're greedy or they pop off at the mouth or they get a little jealous or, you know, but we don't know what to do when it's scandalous, when it's a breach against the rights of other people. And sometimes they're so egregious that they even prompted the apostle Paul to the Corinthians to go, okay, this guy is not changing. He needs to leave our fellowship. But by second Corinthians, he goes, okay, you need to bring him back. What we don't know is how long is the gap and why did Paul think they needed to bring him back? So we struggle with the how soon, I think. How soon do we give forgiveness? And it seems as if Jesus is saying, you you must forgive. In other words, it isn't going to be easy to do, but you must do it. I still think we have to listen to the Holy Spirit in the corporate setting on how to bring them back into our fellowship. The answer never seems to be never bring them back in. Um, What we usually do is we use shame and shunning as our primary tool set when we deal with people's sins. I think that if we would pray the creed, we would be reminded that we are forgiven of our sins and therefore forgiveness of sins is part of the Christian response. In the middle of the, the, the forgiveness of sins, we by belie- notice that this comes by believing in the Holy Spirit. This is what I'm trying to say as I close. This doesn't come early in the creed when we believe in Jesus and his forgiveness of our sins. It comes after we say that we believe in the Holy Spirit 
and the forgiveness of sins. Because forgiveness of sins is going to take the help of the Holy Spirit. And it's also going to take the leadership of the Holy Spirit to know how to implement what goes along with forgiving people of their sins. And I'm not going to, I don't think we need to write a manual on when we let people back into our lives. That's why we believe in the Holy Spirit. Listen to him. More tomorrow on forgiveness of sins. We'll see you then. God bless.